Welcome to the Day in the Life of Zori podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Day in the Life of Zori podcast. In this week's episode, I am going to be sharing a little bit about my faith journey and the process that had led me to become and take the leadership role of worship leader in my local church. Um, I will do a disclosure before I begin this episode and the fact that any worship leader or leadership within a church is just a human being just like you and I and we are flawed therefore anything that we do in our secular life um, we can make mistakes and we are flawed and therefore we should not be looked at through a different loophole we are just the same as anyone else any other believer we can make mistakes we can say the wrong thing do the wrong thing in certain moments in time and just because we do that does not mean that we're not um still seeking the righteousness of God it just means that we screwed up and we're human just like everybody else um so I just wanted to give that quick disclosure because I know sometimes when I mention worship leader, people automatically begin to kind of raise the eyebrow and it's like, but that's not really what you come off as, or is that really what a worship leader will do? And honestly, a worship leader is a person. So just like you and I, just like anyone else on the street, um, we are people and we're just trying to live our best life and be like Christ. But definitely it does not mean that we're perfect and it does not mean that we do the right thing every single time because we're human. So we have flaws. Um, so I just want to share that, of course, I grew up in a Christian household. My parents were both Christian. We were raised Christian, um, primarily Pentecostal in Puerto Rico. And then when we moved from Puerto Rico here, I was used to a full Spanish service, obviously living on the island. But moving here, then we moved to a church that was predominantly Spanish, then eventually kind of became really integrated in bilingual services, and then eventually um, the church, which we ended up not continuing to attend that church before moving to this church that we attend now, um, that church has become predominantly English, which is perfectly fine. You know, whatever the community needs in that point in time is what we're there to do. Um, but I've definitely grown into a Christian faith and Christian household my entire life. So there was only a short period of time during my teenage years where we didn't really attend church regularly. Otherwise, it has always, always, always been a regular part of my life. And honestly, whenever we miss services just for any reason, like if we're on vacation or we're not able to make it because we're sick, it just really feels like a big void in my life um, that week just because I don't have that um, congregating and, you know, just boost of positivity and encouragement um, received from the word. So. With that said, I just want to go ahead and share a little bit about the journey that led me to this particular position. So I will begin with the fact that from a very young age, obviously, I was growing up in a Christian faith, and I definitely took that to heart. Um, I've always taken my relationship with God very seriously, and it's something that even as a young kid, I remember just really, really, really thinking about the things, you know, the what would Jesus do mentality of, you know, what should I do as a young person, as a child, um, to follow and, you know, walk in faith. And with that, I definitely, this is something that my mom actually make, refreshes in my memory. I was very young. I was probably like uh, four or so. And I w shared with her a dream that I had where I saw um, kind of like a, a very bright figure, no face, just a very bright figure that pointed out to me and singled me out and said, I'm going to use you. Um, the, the particular memory itself, I don't 
fully remember, but my mom vividly remembers because I told her this in tears as she was brushing my hair. Um, and that that particular instant uh, has definitely been something that I've carried throughout my life. And I've always wondered, you know, what is the purpose of me being in this world? And what is the purpose that I've been called for in ministry? And to be honest, for being a very shy person, a very introverted person, which <laughs> probably doesn't make any sense because I'm putting out a podcast, but it doesn't matter. I, I very much consider myself an introverted person. I don't like sharing my personal life. I don't like sharing um, with the outside world. And I'm very, very quiet and very shy. If I don't know people around me, I'm very much, you know, a recluse. I don't like to go out and, and meet new people. It's not my thing. It's not where I feel comfortable. So being somebody like that, and at the time, from childhood into my teenage years and into my youth, I was definitely a shy, quiet person. I did have the talent of song, and my mom pushed me to do things within the church and, like, sing and take special parts in song. And most certainly, the reaction whenever I did take a special part was always overwhelmingly positive overwhelmingly um receptive and just there was always something different about how I felt when I sang in church so just to put it into perspective I've done things like choir and whatnot in school in my earlier years of school and yeah it was fun but it was it really felt like a chore singing in church has never felt like a chore for me and Thanks to my mother for pushing me and putting me out there and, you know, letting people know that I sing, I got some opportunities that I probably otherwise would have never come across because I would never tell anybody that I'm a singer. So through my teenage years, I started to get a little bit more comfortable singing just because I had some fantastic leaders in my youth group at that point that were really encouraging, motivating, and just really pushed me out of my comfort zone to do things and sing and, you know, put myself out there, do special activities and things like that, just to kind of continue to grow my talent, but also grow my faith and become more comfortable in being able to speak and minister while singing, which is a really big um, factor of being a worship leader. And I just want to go ahead and share that at the point of me being um, into my late teens, at that point, I was essentially kind of like the youth worship leader where I would sing during our youth services and things like that, but it wasn't really part of anything in the larger ministry itself. Um, and frankly, when I was invited to join the main worship team, I was just brought in to be kind of like a backup choir person, um, which I was cool with. Put me in the background. Don't nobody will know a thing. You know, I was just, let me just kind of take, take play in this and, you know, just kind of see where God took me from that point forward. And at the point where I met my husband, I was literally in that transition of going from youth, kind of youth leader, um, worship leader to actually partaking in our Sunday worship service and being part of the worship team officially. And that was the very onset of that. And I think that when he got together with me, I don't I don't really think he knew what he was signing up for. Um, because I don't think he envisioned me staying as long as I have um, and doing all the things that I've committed to doing over the years. But as part of the worship team, I was able to go to like different conferences and travel um, and do certain things just to kind of get 
just kind of reinvigorated in regards to your faith, in regards to, you know, how we can continue to elaborate worship and evolve worship and make it a definite um, personal experience for the congregation to be able to worship and get into worship and just really bring that closeness and relationship to God during our worship session. And I, by all means, worship is not just the act of song. It is an entire lifestyle. And that is something that we strive to do, you know, and live um, and act in a way that we are worshiping God with everything that we do. But the act of worship as part of the congregation usually entails and is surrounded by music and song. And during these years that I've done this, which is gosh, 16 plus probably. It's been longer than I've been married for sure. Um, During these years that I've been part of the worship team, I've literally seen it all. We had, we went from a full choir, full team, full band to literally nothing but backing tracks and like no people. Um, We've, you know, regrown and we had multiple services and we had bilingual services and only Spanish services and English services. We've done all kinds of things over the years and I've literally seen it all from the highs to the lows and everything in between. And part of my commitment to this was not necessarily for the people or my pastor, who is absolutely wonderful and has taught me so, so much about what it is to have faith, to be loving, to be compassionate, to be like Christ um, in terms of how you live your life and how you treat others, regardless of how they treat you. He's really been put through the ringer and I admire him because he has always held his head up high and has always remained steadfast in regards to who he is as a person, how he treats people, and how he responds in times of adversity. And that is a prime example and that was really a driver to one of my commitments to being able to remain in the ministry for this long and then secondly I always wanted to develop the gifts that I believe that God had bestowed upon me which one of which was the gift of song and and I think that sometimes I really took for granted what people provided to me as feedback whenever I had special um parts in in the ministry or special parts during the service or whenever I had to lead a song there was such a different response than any other time that I wasn't in lead and it's not about my talent as a singer because I honestly I don't think that I'm a fantastic singer I think I'm okay but I don't think I'm just you know blow you out of the water singer but what I can tell you is that I can sing with all of my heart for God and within Christianity and Christian music and worship and the same vocal cords that I use to sing for the glory of God, I am not able to sing in the same manner for anything else in my life. Um, I might be able to sing a nice love song for like my husband or my kids, but for anything else outside of the Christian realm, I honest, I love music and I do listen to some secular artists because there's fantastic artists that sing about love and beauty and good things. You know, not, you know, not everything has to be um, all Christian all the time in terms of music, but I cannot 
And it, it's literally physically impossible for me to sing anything that is not of Christian faith. And honestly, I don't know if at some point during my walk, I did actually ask God to just, if this talent was for his glory, then let it be only for his glory and nothing else. And if that's the case, then he definitely listened. And that's, I'm okay with that because it really feels uncomfortable for me to sing anything but Christian music, um, which I know sounds silly, but it it truly in my heart and in my physical being I am unable to sing anything other than Christian music um faith you know faith encouragement type of music and in our ministry and all the years that I've spent in it I've seen the development of what the worship team does and I don't know if you've ever had a discussion with your worship leaders if you attend church but being part of the worship team is super high pressure and high stress at some times because when you know you can feel the resistance in the room spiritually and like you can literally feel the pressure that people are walking in and under and it's your job to get people to break through that and walk in faith into the presence of God and it's like, it's really heavy. And I don't think that people really think about that. And I know like my mom can sometimes see when I'm just kind of like tapped out. Um, and that's why it's so crucial for like a worship leader or anyone that's part of a worship team to be really in tune, you know, with, with their relationship with God, to be in constant communication with God, because you really need the reinforcement. You need that supernatural strength and peace that only God can provide. And I can attest to you that I have sang on Sunday services after the deaths of loved ones, after extremely stressful and chaotic experiences in my life. And I can attest to you that I can show up on Sunday morning and I can be dragging my physical body in the moment that I walk into that church and I just kind of take a sigh and say, Lord, it's all for your glory. Like, I'm literally renewed. And sometimes you walk in and you can just see the faces. You can feel the weight of, on people's shoulders. And it's really hard when you're already shaking yourself in your own physical realm and your own personal bit, you know, living. And then you come in and then you're found with resistance on the people and the congregation and you know the technology doesn't work and um the music isn't right or we played in the wrong key or you know just something ridiculous that can just completely set off the mood of what worship is supposed to be and yes I know it's not an act of worship in terms of okay well everything has to be spectacular but the act of worship is that all the conditions need to be right in order for people to really let go of their distractions and be able to get into worship, to get into the presence of God and be able to really open up to the Lord so that he can move and be glorified during that worship session. And it's just really phenomenal to think about. And I don't really think that people really take into consideration that people in the worship team, including anyone that's part of the worship team, they don't have to just be the worship leader and singers. Um, anyone that takes place in, in that team is really affected by um, the spiritual realm of it and what people bring in and carry. And you can really feel the resistance sometimes and it gets really heavy. And sometimes I feel like we didn't do anything that moved anything anywhere. I just feel like it just, 
it didn't go anywhere. And then those are the Sundays that people will say worship was absolutely fantastic. It was so wonderful. I felt such a special touch from the Lord. And I'm like, I really thought like we just, we tanked it. Like I just thought it was just us singing and playing and things went wrong and things went awry. And people have been receptive. And I just think really through the pandemic, I saw a great shift because we went digital for quite some time. We were digital for months. And it just, it changes the feel because you're singing to an empty room. You're singing to an empty room. Um, And it was just really difficult to really convey um, and connect with people that you can't literally see. Um, And I know what, what an act of faith that is, right? Because that's exactly what faith is, is is believing in something that you cannot see, that you cannot feel um, in your physical realm, but it is, you are certain that it is. And during the pandemic, we were encountering the lack of actual physical response to our worship, to our songs and to our ministering. And then we went from that, we went to starting to progress and and get people in the building. And when people got back, I don't know what it was about the pandemic, but people came back with a vengeance for worship. People came back and people are learning song lyrics. People are singing out loud to the point where I can hear them over our monitors. It's just, it's been a phenomenal experience to be able to return to the congregation, to return to the church in the physical sense, and to be able to be encountered with people who are just passionate and on fire to worship and praise the Lord. And I know that this is probably a little a little more holy than now than you were expecting for this week's episode, but I just really want to share my experience in regards to that. So I started being a worship leader when I was in my late teens. I was very, very young. I was not even married yet. Um, and throughout the years that I have gone through this, I have seen what it means to really be committed. I've seen what it means to dedicate your time and sacrifice. I've seen the dedication. So my husband, I don't think he knew what he signed up for, but he's 100% supportive, even though he doesn't regularly attend our church. Um, But he's 100% supportive because he stays with the kids when I have to have rehearsals on Thursday nights. And he, um, you know, if I have to go in early, he's always, you know, available or has the proper care in place for our girls. And it's just really, um, it's a family effort because the kids have to lend me, you know, a few hours a week for practice. And then they have to loan me on Sunday mornings. They, you know, they can come to church with me, but they're not going to be with me while I'm, you know, leading worship. And it's just, it's a lot of commitment, not just on my part, but on my family's part. And I think that for people to really look down or single, you know, somebody out that's part of the worship team, like you really have to consider the fact that these people are rearranging their lives, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. There's communication that takes place outside of the church, outside of practice in regards to what are we going to do? What are we putting together Um, in terms of music selection? How are we going to choose the music? Do we like the lyrics? Do we think that this is, you know, invoking, you know, the word of God, is it faith-based? Is it truly Bible-based? Um, is There's a lot of consideration that takes place into just putting together a worship set list. And it's not just a matter of, oh, let's find a couple of fast songs, a couple of slow songs, and then we'll be good. It's really about putting together something that carries a message and 
sometimes you can see the trend in, in the set list and you can see the trend in, in the lyrics that we're using, the lyrics that we're singing. Um, you can see the trends in terms of the music and the experience with each song. And it's just really about creating an environment where God can move and God can be glorified. And it's just so phenomenal. And I really don't think that people understand the amount of work time, dedication, and commitment that it takes not only on the people that are part of the team, but their families and those who surround them, because it's a lot of weight that is carried on those shoulders, and it's that support group outside of that group that helps to keep prayers going, to continue to pray over, cover, and um, be there for your worship leaders, and it's not just about the people, it's about, you know, having those people direct you to the presence of God, and I have been blessed to be able to get such fantastic feedback over the years from so many people in the church, people that have come and gone, people who still connect, even virtually when we stream, and um, they'll see me out on the street in the store and they're like, oh man, you know, worship was so awesome. And you know, whatever it is that you said. And honestly, half the time when I'm talking, I can't even remember the things that I said. Sometimes I'll, I'll see it in the playback and I'm like, oh, I don't even remember even saying that. But my prayer every Sunday before our service is, Lord, let my words be your words. Let me just be the vessel that you use. You do whatever you want. Um, and I just, you know, I give God permission to just utilize me in that form and I just press, you know, put myself out there to be that vessel, but it's not anything that I pre-plan. It's not anything that I choreograph or set. It's anything that happens during worship is true live experience. It's nothing that we've pre-planned. The only thing we've pre-done is the arrangement of the songs. Um, anything else that happens in between, um, is completely unscripted. And I know sometimes people are like, well, well let's all practice. No, the, we practice the, the set list and arrangement. Anything that happens in between is free worship, it's live worship, and it's not anything that can be scripted or pre-planned. Um, but it just, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of dedication. And I don't think that sometimes people appreciate um, their worship leaders or understand that they need support too just like everyone else you know I see people week after week after week and then if they are missing on a particular Sunday I I miss I miss seeing you 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 are a void um in my line of sight my memory because I look out and people, you know, people are creatures of routine, so people usually sit in the same area, the same seat, and week after week, as a worship leader, you're looking out, you know, and you're looking out at the congregation, and you see people, you know, you see Sister, um, you know, we'll say Sister Mary, you know, on the, the left side, and you see, you know, Sister Jane on the right side, and then, you know, one Sunday you happen to not be there, and, and we, we notice. And in the moment that I don't see certain, you know, people, um, please also forgive us if we don't always have every single name down. Um, we have a lot of people that come and go in our church and we have a lot of people that come and go in our church and sometimes I can't keep all the names straight and I'm so sorry. I love you all. Um, but I can't keep all the names straight 
and <laughs> even still, if I can't even, even if I don't know your name, but I've seen your face several times and all of a sudden you're not there, you know, even during worship, I'm interceding for people and I'm just like, Lord, you know, they're not here for whatever reason. I hope that you know the reason and I hope that wherever they are, if they need a special touch from you, that your presence reach them wherever they may be. Um, you know, sometimes we know that people are sick, you know, you, you, you're interceding over illness, you're interceding over family losses, deaths, um, and so many other things. And it's just, we worry about all of that while still leading and interceding in the worship experience. And I think that sometimes people kind of take that for granted that I'm looking out just like everyone's looking to us, I'm looking out and I'm seeing the voids in, in the congregation and I'm like, okay, so-and-so's missing, so-and-so's missing. And I'm I'm interceding during the worship. I'm interceding for these people. And I, I may not say it through the mic, but I am interceding for these people in my mind and in my heart. I'm calling out to the Lord and saying, you know, wherever they may be, that you reach them. And do I regret ever taking on being part of the worship team, absolutely not. Do I think that God has led me and helped me to grow as a person and as a leader through this? Absolutely. Um, do I still think that there's plenty more of me to grow? 100%. Um, I just really wanted to come in here and just share that experience with you guys and let you know that being a part of the worship team, being a worship leader, was not something that I ever really wanted to sign up for. It's not my thing to be out there and be boastful about the gifts that I've been bestowed. And I do it very humbly. And honestly, I'm 36 and I still don't know how to graciously accept a compliment for people when they, you know, they say anything. I'm just like, oh, it's for the glory of God. You know, like, I just, I'm so awkward about it because I, I just, I, I don't, that's not what I do it for. Um... And I've been doing it for so long and people are just absolutely wonderful. Some people are just absolutely sweet and they, they, they like what we do. They appreciate us. Um, but I think sometimes they don't have the full understanding of what we do and all of that entails. And I know that my pastor certainly knows the sacrifices that we make and the time that we invest. And, and I know that he's recognized me on several occasions um, because it means a lot. It, 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 worship is a crucial part of church growth because people come in and they're drawn into the worship and then with that then they receive the word and then they continue to to develop their Christian faith and their relationship with God and it's just kind of like a cyclical thing they come in they're drawn by the worship and then they receive word and then God you know begins to work and transform in their lives and that's just part of the process but worship to me is is a lifestyle. I love worship music. I love being able to meditate in the Lord and being able to just do so many things um, while I listen to music. Music is crucial for me and I went through a period of time recently where I couldn't even listen to music because I was feeling so so low and I don't think anyone even really knew that I was going through that including my own family until I kind of started to open up about how I'd been feeling and I just, you know, and it doesn't mean that I faltered in my faith. I, I was definitely, you know, praying to God and, and trying to read the word and, you know, really focus and meditate and do that. But I couldn't even listen to music because it was just so painful to be able to listen. And it just really wasn't 
doing anything for me, but of course I was still part of the worship team going through my responsibilities of being there and being committed. And through the weeks where I was really, really struggling, going in on Sunday and going through the worship and, you know, you're ministering to the people and you minister to yourself. God ministers to your life. And it's just a fantastic feeling to know that in the darkest moments of my life, worship has definitely been the one thing that has uplifted me. And I have felt the presence of God in my life, his special touch, his peace, his strength, his comforting through the act of worship, through the act of song. And for me, that's just reaffirming my faith. It reassures me that the walk that I'm in is not in vain, that it's not for, you know, just for kicks. It's it's something that is truly ingrained in my life. And it's something that I will forever carry in my life. And it's something that I want my kids to grow up with. And like the baby loves worship music. She loves to sing. She loves song. Um, my oldest also likes song, but she's a little bit more shy about it. The baby will sing her heart out at any point. It doesn't matter as long as she likes the song, she's going to sing for it. Um, and it's just something that I want my kids to grow up with and have. So I definitely just want to be able to share this with you guys. I thank you for going down this, you know, long narrative with me. And I hope that you've learned a little bit more about what it is to be a worship leader and the steps that have led me here. I love it. Um, I'm blessed to be a part of it and to have been entrusted with this responsibility. And I ask God to continue to guide me and help me grow for years to come to be able to continue to glorify his name and expand the kingdom of God, which is the goal to be able to earn souls for the kingdom. So if you don't already attend a church, then I certainly encourage you to do so because your life will never be the same. And definitely check out some fantastic worship music. I mean, there's so much great stuff out there and there's all different types of genres of music that you really can't complain. There's definitely great music out there to be found. So thank you so much for tuning in this week and I will chat with you guys again in a couple. Bye-bye.